right now on Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. Hi, everyone. Alexis Brooks here from Higher Journeys. So glad that you're joining us once again today. Well, listen, if you've been following our show recently, you will no doubt know that we have been discussing this idea of ascension, human and spiritual evolution, and what that really entails. We've discussed how ascension is perceived within some spiritual and new age communities. And we know that there are varying opinions on how ascension happens within these circles. We've discussed what I'm now referring to as the expansion, as something many feel are happening to us right now, even and especially, especially in the midst of this chaotic period. And we've tackled other areas surrounding this very big idea. But one area that we have yet to cover has to do with how our physical bodies play a vital role when it comes to the ascension process. I'm going to say that again, how our physical bodies play a role in something that would seem anything but physical. How can these vehicles or avatars be uh, properly put to use when it comes to our evolution as a species? Well, PMH Atwater, my friend, is joining us once again today to answer that question and a lot more. As it relates to not only ascension how-tos, but how to best harness this very potent frequency acceleration that's happening on the planet right now. Now, many of you know PMH for her pioneering work in near-death experience studies, not to mention her own set of three NDEs that have obviously served uh, as a primary inspiration for her decades-long research into these states. But today, I would say that the conversation is not so much about near-death, but of rebirth into this new energetic environment. And this is what uh, you will be discussing, PMH, in the second of our Cracking the Ascension Code workshop series coming up this Saturday, December 4th. So excited for that. So, my dear, welcome to Higher Journeys. So glad to have you back. Oh, hello, hello. Yay. So, yeah, you know, when we started talking about doing uh, this little collaboration together, and you were really emphasizing this whole idea of the physical body being integral to ascension, I thought, hmm, I had to pause for a minute and think about that. How might that be? Because we think of the physical bodies as um, extinguishable, I guess you could call it. They, they, they eventually go away. And ascension seems so uh, non-corporeal. And yet you say the physical body is critical in this very, very important process. Tell us why, if you would. Let's start with the that. house in your soul. I mean, you're not going to go anywhere and and get very far without this body you're wearing. It doesn't matter the brain and what you're thinking. If you don't have this body functioning, if you if you if you don't if you can't wear this body in a in a functional and fun way. You're not going to get very far. Sorry. <laughs> you need this body along. And in easy, fun ways, we can learn how to take our body with us um, and, our, and, and maybe use our mind in kind of different ways. Um, for instance, you know, back in 1977, I died three times in three months. Yes, I had to relearn how to use my body differently. You bet I did. My body didn't function in the same way afterward. Not at all. Certainly my mind didn't function, but neither did my body. I had to, I had to relearn how to crawl, how to stand, how to walk, how to climb stairs, had you know the difference between left and right rebuild all my belief systems I, I i had to begin from scratch and when i say from scratch um i mean that for instance if i wanted to eat a meal um cook some food i had the habit i knew how to open a can i had to take a pan out Empty the contents of the of the can into the pan, put the put the empty can down, then pick up the pan, go to the stove, turn the stove on, 
stir it a little bit and then take a plate down, um, empty the contents into the plate when I was through. And then I would look at that plate and I'd think, well, what's that for? You know, what did I just do? Because I had no idea. Um, it took me a long time to connect. I had, I had habits. I knew how to do things because of habit, but I didn't know what and why. So um, <laughs> I learned a whole lot of things that, that um, helped me to live easier and more fun. And ah, let, let me give you an example. One of the things I did, well, two of the things I did, I did in, um, in relearning who I was, what I was, and how I can function in the, in the earth plane. I had these two books I read. One was the Tolkien series, you know, you know the Lord of the Rings. The other one was Dune, which was written by Frank Herbert. And I became all of the people in, in both lines, both stories. I became all of the beings, good, bad, and indifferent. I became them all. And, and in doing that, I was able to work out all aspects of who I was, what I had been and what I could be. And in the, in the Dune series, the, the, the Jesuits, I think that's what they were called, the witches. Um, they had a way of training their people. Um, it's called um, the litany of fear. Now, you know, I didn't ever really quote at all from what Frank Herbert wrote. For some reason, my mind switched it. So that out of me, out of my soul, came my version of the litany of fear. And that litany served me so well. And it has served other people, thousands of people. So let me pass it on to you. The litany of fear. Fear is the mind killer. It is the little death. I will face my fear. It will pass over me, around me, and through me. And when it is gone, I will remain. I didn't know the backstory to the litany of fear. I wanted to bring that up. Well, you brought it up. This is something that uh, PMH is going to be talking about in our upcoming workshop in great depth. But I had no idea that, that this is something that you originally derived from text that you got, but translated it in your own way. PMH, what was going on? You, you just gave us a, a whole chronology of having to relearn all of your functions, essentially, with your body, communicating some you were commute your body was obviously communicating with something else even beyond the brain but it sounds to me as if you received a gift a gift so that you could translate distill reality whether in text or, or in you know everyday life differently is that what happened i know i'm over a big prod <laughs> say that again first i was pushed hmm. um literally um I mean, I had, I had three kids. I was working, I, I, I was working at a, at a, at a bank. Um, so what are you going to do? That, that, that was my only source of money. Um, my husband had ran out on me. We had been living on food stamps. Um, I had this bank job now, pretty good paying bank job. And all of a sudden it's all gone. I mean, I didn't know who my kids were. I didn't know who I was. Um, 
I didn't know anything, so I had to begin from scratch. And, and uh, there was a time when the only <laughs> the only thing I could say was God is. And I would chant it day after day after day. That's what kept me sane because I knew that was true. I'd been there. I'd been on the other side. I knew what truth was. But what I didn't know is how to beef up and, and, and conform this body to truth. And so I learned the simplest things that made the huge difference in my life. They had to be simple because I couldn't understand. I couldn't understand complex. So they had to be simple. And they were. And um, everyone I've taught them to has, has just, uh, <laughs> they profited like I have, like that litany. I, I mean, I was so af afraid, um, especially my, I was dragging my legs. Um, I, um, had the worst case of phobias a specialist had ever seen. He couldn't figure out how, how I was alive. There was no way I could be alive, but I was. So how do I be alive in a body that doesn't function, that I no longer could use this body in a practical way because I didn't know the body anymore? So what do you do? Well, I plunged right in. And... Um, I began to use anything I heard or anything anybody said. You know, one of the best things I ever did for myself was I went to the Science of Mind Church. They're now called Centers for Spiritual Living. But in those days, it was the Science of Mind Church. And I took their SOM1, Science of Mind 1, which teaches you how to do a spiritual mind treatment i.e. Uh, uh, positive spiritual prayer. And it, um, it, it's the way they did it. Uh, do, do we have time for a little story? Take all the time you want, my okay, dear. <laughs> a little story. Uh, uh, um, there, was, there was a big room, lots of us there around a table, and you had to write out everything. Because, you know, the teachers had to know where your mind was and what you were doing. And were you really following principle? And of course, I didn't know what principle was. Um, so this one time, we had to pick a particular project that we really, really wanted to manifest. How do you do it? So, I, you know... I, I needed a new pair of shoes. <laughs> I really did. I needed a new pair of shoes. And they had to be Oxfords. And they had to be brown. Uh, I loved Oxford shoes. So it had to be Oxford. And all I had was $15. $15. That's all I had to my name, period, end of story. So I did my spiritual mind treatment. I did it following code exactly. So, so during the week, I had to do a number of errands for the bank I worked. And this one particular, I was living then in Boise, Idaho. And this one particular day, I, I, I had to run an errand in Boise that took me past the most expensive <laughs> shoe store in town. Never been in it. Never. Of course not. <laughs> not with my salary are you kidding <laughs> so i was i was just walking by the bookstore and i felt i felt something someone grab my shoulders and push me in and there there was nobody there but i went in this store and right in front of me, way down, but right in front of me was a display of shoes. 
And on the tippy top was a, a brown Oxfords. <laughs> so I, I went and I sat down and I tried them on and perfect fit. You know, they were exactly what I wanted. And I did the usual, oh, you know, <laughs> boo <-hoo. laughs> So I put them back on the display and I was going out the door and I heard this clerk, clerk yell at me, and they're only $15 today. <laughs> so I grabbed that, those shoes, stuffed them in a paper bag, took them to the spiritual mind treatment, you know, uh, table. And I set them down and I said, and I pulled out my shoes so everyone could see them. And I said, spiritual mind treatments work. They absolutely work. If your mind is focused in an open and positive way, you will be directed in a way that works with and follows your thinking, your energy, your heart. So I know everyone's going to be asking PMH, can you please let us know how to do the spiritual mind treatment? <laughs> not now, not right now. No. Look, <laughs> no? <laughs> well, you know, it's a whole focus. What I can, uh, steps of focus. And what I could do is um, um, uh, uh, recommend getting a hold of, of this group and 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 following those steps exactly um because it's wonderful it's just absolutely wonderful what they teach how what were the results for some of the other students at the time were they as positive were they as some were positive some were this one woman from england i got the biggest kick out of her because she didn't believe it she was there but but she, she couldn't believe why she was there and and so she was she was hanging up her clothes and she was affirming that life follows rhythm and and she was hanging up her clothes outside with you know uh clothespins and and she always had a bag and she always picked out the right number of pins for each item she was, you know, hanging on the clothesline. And she just couldn't get over it. She just kept saying again and again and again, I just put my hand in that bag. I didn't look. I always pulled out the right number of pins for that particular item. And she couldn't believe it, and she couldn't believe it, and she couldn't believe it. And all the rest of them were saying, of course, of course. That's what you wanted, and that's what you got. <laughs> Isn't that something? PMH, what is going on? In each example, I'm, I'm going back to the beginning of what we talked about, and that is how the physical body is an integral part of uh, evolving in terms of our capability and our capacity. We're using the senses, whether it's tactile, uh, you know, hearing, sight, whatever. What's what's happening here? We're, we're a package. You know, we're not just a body. We're not just a mind. We're not just a spiritual uh, a being. We're all in one. We're absolutely all in one. I mean... To me, being able to live in the earth plane is being able to resonate and, and work with all of you together. It isn't just your mind, you just don't think thoughts. Um, you use your body, yes. You use your mind, you use all of you. And you're a spiritual being 
living in a human body that can think and and has a mind so get it together folks <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it, it all works together it all works together I was just listening to someone talk about, and I can, I think I can name names, Bruce, uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton, who I know you're familiar with PMH, talking about the sentience of the cellular system. Every cell in our body has a measure of intelligence, according to his thought, his, uh, his work. And I don't think he's alone in that assessment. Oh, absolutely. So think about that. That that would make a lot of sense. So we're not working in spite of our bodies. We're working in tandem and cooperation with them i wouldn't even say it anymore body is a lot is is sure they're our friends all of our cells are our friends sure and so would it help to talk would it help to talk to the cells sure (laughs) Uh, you know we are co-creators with the creator this is this is one of the things i learned in dying we are co-creators with the creator all of us every single one of us whether we realize it or not, this is our job. This is what we're here to do, to co-create with the creator. And, 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 and this, is, this is our life. This is our body. This is our voice. This is our way of, of being able to be who we are. This is our way to move through our life and sing our song. I love that. As is, no matter the imperfections. Yeah. No matter the imperfections. Isn't it interesting that it took you to leave your body to understand the importance of the body? (laughs) well i kind of was you know everybody um grows up and learns that your body's important yeah you know you go to a doctor and all of this kind of thing you you take care of your body but it took dying for me to realize how blessed and how incredibly wondrous my body is. I didn't know before. I I mean, look, I come from Southern Idaho. I'm a Western woman. And, um, I'm a cop's kid. I was raised in a police station. So I learned how to I learned how to do a lot of things very young. <laughs> but but you know, my earliest days as, as a babe, as a child growing up, I was raised by Norwegians. <laughs> I really was. I've had five fathers and two mothers. And so when people ask me about my childhood, I say, well, which one? <laughs> um There's all kinds of tales I can tell you. I was not a normal child, ever. But in dying, three times in three months, everything was ripped away. I didn't know anything afterward. Like I said, the only logical thing I could say was God is. Because I knew that was true. So everything else was learned afterward. And in learning everything afterward, starting from scratch, your weight, your, you know, how, how you eat, how you walk, how you talk. Doing all of that new was such an adventure. You know, one of the things I did, 
I didn't recognize pots and pans. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know what a pot and a pan was. Didn't know what soap was. Didn't know what a sheet was. Didn't know what nothing was. So with pots and pans, I sent off to the major makers of pots and pans for their metallurgical reports and and then had them tested at a lab in Boise, Idaho. <laughs> and it was only after that that I would then choose what pots and pans I would use. I took all my copper bo- bottoms, copper bottom pans, out the door. <laughs> I took all my Teflon out the door. I, I, I redefined what a pot and a pan was. I took all of my soap out the door. I only used a, a certain type after that. It's, a, it's called Pama Christi. And it's the only soap I will use. You get it from Bar Products. If you want to know about Bar Products, B-A-A-B-A-A-R, you get on my website, www.pmhatwater.com. Go over to the marketplace. Bar Products has um, a section in the marketplace. And 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 get your get your Palma Christi. Wow. Thanks for that. You were given, you know, you, you talk about coming back from near death or I, I always take no, this. No, I, I, I had a near death experience three right. times. Right. No, but but right. I, what I started to say is that I've always taken issue with the term near death because it's it's really you died and came back. Near-death experience isn't near-death. It's you died and come back. But nonetheless, my point is that those that have had these experiences talk about uh, a second chance at life, a renewed uh, life. Yours was rebuilt, literally rebuilt. Yeah, I had Blessing to- or curse. I know what you're going to say, but blessing or curse <laughs> or both. I, I never considered it a curse. Never. Um, what killed me was a rape. I was raped. I became pregnant. Uh, um, uh, miscarried. And that's what caused the near-death experiences. Um, so, and in my third near-death experience, I was told by the voice like none other. That's what I call it. I mean, I mean, I've never heard a voice like that. Um, you talk about angels and archangels. And all, nope, this this voice was above and beyond all that stuff. It was so so loud, so big. I don't know what else to call it except the voice like none other. And that voice is what told me to, to do what I've done. It said, it said to test revelation. You are to do the research. One book for each death. It did not name book one. I kind of think maybe that was coming back to life, but I don't know for sure. Uh, Book two was future memory. Book three was a manual, uh, a manual for developing humans. Uh, future memory and the manual are out. Um, my workshop that I'll be offering is based on the manual, manual for developing humans. Did you, did you, did you know that back in the olden days, well, going way back, probably a thousand years or more. Um, People considered Hugh the sound of God. Mm-hmm. Hugh. So Hugh man was God man. Hugh woman was, you know, God woman. Um, so Hugh man was God man. Okay, folks. Just being a, a person male or female, just being a person. You are a child of God. 
You are here to co-create. That's your job. And a manual for you for developing humans it shows you how to do it. Simple, easy, shows you how to do it. It's full of thought form drawings. Yes, I did them all. Um, yeah. And then uh, um, the research I did. Um, folks, I've been doing that. I started my research in 1978. I've written 18 books uh, on or about my findings. Um, I have the largest research base, nearly 5,000 adults and children. Um, I did my job. I did indeed almost 44 years of doing my job. I think you have done the stellar work and journeyers. You probably know, cause we've had PMH on so often long time friend. I've known her. I consider her a mentor for over 20 years. So blessed to know you. It wouldn't surprise me that all of this work and this, this, sojourn this incredible adventure of yours was to prepare yourself and all of us for now for now for what's happening now and that's why it's always a delight to to share to have you share with our audience all of these incredible incredible um, life adventures of yours in hopes that our uh, audience will have an epiphany of their own and know that this walk is important more important than ever right now. Let me ask you about synthesizing. This has been on my mind a lot lately. <clears throat> this, uh, what would we call it? The art and science of logic and imagination and synthesizing both. You know, you think of logic as left brain, imagination and, you know, creation as more of a right brain thing. And the, this, the two seem still for many people to be diametrically opposed. And I disagree. I think that there's an equilibrium that can be established. Give me your thoughts on that and how important the those two are. They're the same thing. Uh, the near-death experience teaches us that we are whole-brained. Absolutely whole-brained. Logic and imagination and create creativity, logic and creativity um, are, are twins. <laughs> we have a twin mind, if you will. Um, yeah, you, you really can't have one without the other and um, be healthy. So you, you need them both. Um, yeah, absolutely. And and that's what we learn in the near-death experience. That's what we learn in the manual. Um, absolutely. Uh, what, you, what you learn in dying is that logic and creativity are the same. Some people are a little better at one than the other. But they're the same. Okay. So you're saying they're the same. I've always been a proponent of the synthesizing of the two, but never looked at them as literally the same thing. And yet I would. I, I mean, the brain has two functions. Logic and creativity. Well, sure. And they're a whole. They're one whole. And yet we, we treat them as completely compartmentalized. Well, we we can. Um, and in some ways that's better for us because some people, um, do better with logic and science. Other people do better with imagination and creativity, but it's still the same thing. I mean, it comes from our brain. It's part of us. It's who we are. Um, and we are both. Absolutely. Let's start acting like it. Note this note. <laughs> I mean, I just love logic. I do everything mm. logical. 
and then I have little gnomes all over and I have little fairies all over and you know we 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 play with each other <laughs> but everything I do is logical absolutely I'm a researcher sure you I'm logical that's right I agree uh, you can be both. a lot of fun to be with <laughs> Yes, ma'am, you are. A lot of fun. Let's talk about frequency acceleration. All these buzzwords, you know, frequency acceleration, something's going on that I think is irrefutable to the person who is applying both logic and analysis and imagination and open-mindedness that something's happening here, uh, PMH. What would be, from a logical perspective, the, the, the proof, if you will, or even evidence that shows that there's something accelerating in our space. All we have to, <clears throat> all we have to do is look at weather. You don't have to go any further than that. Walk, walk out your door. The, the planet is changing. It's not waiting on us. The planet is changing. So we have to change. And we may make it and we may not. But if if we ha have a better understanding of ourselves, then we will have a better understanding of how to flow with these changes. There's lots of changes going on, and and they will increase. They will not. Um, they will not stop. Uh, they will not slow uh, slow down. They will increase and increase and increase, even more so throughout the planet because our whole planet is changing. Um, you know, every, what is it? Every 25,920 years, the whole clock changes. That is to say, um, the, the, the cosmic clock changes. Mm -hmm. Everything changes. Um, vibration, people, land masses, everything, animals, everything changes. And we're in that time when the final clock turns. So, yeah, are we changing? Right. Is the earth changing? Yes. Agreed. The bugs are changing. The plants are changing. I mean, everything is changing and it's going to go on. That makes so, perfect sense. Yeah. That it's makes it. perfect sense. So it's I would to change with it. We have to change with it. I believe we are designed to be in resonance with our beloved Gaia, not working against it. And so letting go, as, as you speak of God is, let go and let God, whatever that is for you, and go with it. I look at it almost like a riptide that you are determined to swim against and you know who's going to win, right? You swim with. Excuse me. Yeah. You swim with. You swim with it. Yeah. You swim with it. Yeah. That's what we're doing. We're learning. We're learning different, different things that will enable us to swim better without so much effort. Without so much effort, you mentioned in the promo uh, for our upcoming workshop, the importance of what you want people to come away with the workshop, away from the workshop is a sense of ease, ease with the changes, ease with understanding and working with the body, not against it, ease versus yeah. the fear. Right. Talk about that a bit. Ease. How would one who's living a stressful life in these chaotic times attempt to bring some ease into their lives? You stop. I mean that literally. You just stop. You stop in your tracks, put your arms down to your side. Yes, you just stop. And being stopped You will allow all parts of your, yourself to relax, to relax and be where you are 
absolutely stop. And if the only place you can stop is in a bathroom, stop there. Or outside, just stop for a while. And then take a good deep breath. Hold it for a second. Breathe out and swallow. That's all you have to do. And the synapse in the brain will begin to settle down. Don't forget the swallow. You mentioned that on our last show together. And I think you called me afterwards because you had it a little bit different. I think you yeah, had to breathe in, swallow, <laughs> breathe out, swallow. But I'll tell you something. One of the journeyers tried it the way you described it. And he said that worked too, or she. Uh, so Both for work. clarification, it's breathe in, breathe out, and then swallow. But most importantly, stop. Yeah. Just stop. That's the big thing. It's to stop and just in, in in good posture. So you're just standing there, feet on the ground, hands to your side, just stopping is magical. Hmm. We forget. We forget to do that. We forget to just stop and be ourselves and feel ourselves and look around and realize I'm here. And this is a blessed place to be. Love it. You have such a sense of wisdom and simplicity that I always have appreciated with you. You're the one who taught me about grounding, which I'd like to talk a little bit about before we close out today. The importance of, particularly now with all that's going on with the planet evolving and us wanting to do so with her, grounding must be playing an even more of a vital role, I would think, than ever. Let's talk about grounding or earthing as some people refer to it particularly in the winter, what do people do to do some grounding outside in nature when it's cold? <laughs> we got to do it somehow. You can get out there and 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 snow shovel a little bit. You don't want to do it too much. Don't conjure it up now. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, can you ground with, with shoes on? I mean, the what can we do? This is important because we're in winter now in most parts of the world. Not most, but lots, particularly here in the, in the northern hemisphere, going outside. Because just because it's cold outside doesn't mean we can't go. But can we achieve a similar effect, let's say, if we're hugging a tree versus because we can't go barefoot? Well, I love to. I have a, a I have a porch in back that is filled with plants, and they winter because we seal up the porch so they can winter. And I go out there and you know hug my plants, <laughs> just play with them. Mm -hmm. uh, that's fun. But for me, it, it's it's it's. I love to blow bubbles. This is why I do not have. Um, I do not have one of these fangled water um, dishwashers. I. <laughs> I always wash my own dishes myself, and I blow those bubbles, and I play with those bubbles, and it's so much fun. You're so funny. Simplicity. That's what it's all about. Why not? Absolutely. I want to stay on grounding though. Okay. Let's imagine it's, it's, you know, warmer weather and you can go outside barefoot. 
I love hearing you discuss the philosophy behind it because you, you discuss it in a way I've not yet heard before. You're the person that brought up the term composting, allowing nature to compost whatever it is we're trying to rid ourselves of and uh, return it to us as not crap, but gold, <laughs> to paraphrase. Talk about that because I think it's kind of neat the way you explain it. Ah. Oh. Well, I don't have a compost pile. I wish I did, but I don't. I don't have the facilities. I don't have the land for that. But if you do, that's great. Learn how to compost, literally. But for me, composting is just getting outside. If you can go barefoot, go barefoot. I cannot because, um, you know, I, I have very low arches. So that doesn't work for me. But what does work for me is to get out and touch it all, feel it all, be a part of it all, rake those leaves, plant those plants, smile with them, um, sing to them, um, be around with them, sweep. I, I, I mean, I love to be outside with my broom. I'm often outside with my broom, sweeping up, up things. Um, and then I talk to them all the, all the time. I mean, my trees have a name. <laughs> they do. They have names. Um, they're, they're, they're living beings. And I treat them as living beings and I treat them with respect. And I talk to them sometimes. Ditto, ditto, ditto. Sure. I've talked about my couple of friends. Not all my trees have names, but the ones that tell me, I respectfully refer to them with the names that they've shared with me. So we've talked about that. Sure. No yeah. joke. And now more than ever, PMH, I'm hearing more people. Let me know, journeyers, if this is the case with you, are feeling a pull toward communion with nature more than ever. Some who never even you know. thought twice about it. You've got to. You've got to, but there's some, but there's something I think that is silently, energetically pulling people, sort of guiding people, call it God, saying you're going to need nature need now more than other. ever. We need each other. We need it. That's the right. The plants need us. We need them. Um, we're losing all of our our bugs. Um, we need them. Uh, we need our bees. We need all the critters. But we're losing them with all these chemicals that we're using. Um, so, um, yes, I will kill a bug if I don't want it there. <laughs> Always. I will return them to divine order if they're in the wrong place. And I bless them. And they know that. They know not to come in my I'll talk to them first. I mean, you're, you're going to talk to the spiders, the one that's in charge of the spiders, uh, the, the higher energy that's in charge of the spiders and the beetles and various bugs. And, and so if they come into my house and, and are where I don't want them, then I will return them to divine order. Absolutely. I take that very seriously. I've started doing that myself and I am definitely not fond of bugs in my environment on a day-to-day -day basis. But uh, since we're kind of near the woods, it's just a, it's just par for the course, I suppose. But they're not supposed to be. It's just like an errant child. Yeah. They're not, you know, if they're not where they're supposed to be then help them to get where they're supposed to be. Absolutely. and But I just found, PMH, that I have had this sense of wanting to be more gentle and more aware of how, if I need to dispose of them, how I do sometimes. I, if I can get them on a piece of paper and kind of just slide them outside without yeah. killing them, I'll do that. So yeah, very interesting. Listen, we're going to wind up. I'm trying to think if there's any, well, of course, we're going to have the link for the for the workshop which is called Ground Your Power with the Physical Body 
to go with the planetary shift. I know I just botched that. I did not say that right, but <laughs> we'll have the link. It's going to, we're going to be talking about all of these things that PMH sort of touched on today. It's uh, Saturday, December 4th at 12 noon Pacific, 3 PM Eastern. But here's the big thing, guys, if you can't make it to the live, which we'd love for you to do, because we'll have a live interactive uh, Q&A with PMH so you can talk to her, but you can also get access to the workshop after it's gone live. So that link will take you there as well. So uh, closing thoughts. Oh, 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 hold on. P uh, PMH after show, I'm going to call it the PMH after show. Yes. The Patreon after show, we're going to be doing that as soon as we finish up our main show. We'll continue the conversation a little longer. But uh, as we head in that direction and close out on this segment, what would you like to leave our audience with uh, in terms of just final thoughts, maybe an action step? Is there an action step that you could recommend uh, help people right now in aligning with these new planetary frequencies? Just one. I think you gave us one, actually, the stop exercise. Stop, breathe, and swallow. But what else? Give us another, if you would. Love yourself. Absolutely. You are valuable. You're wonderful. Love yourself. Bless yourself. Be glad that you're here. I love it. I don't think it can get any more powerful than that. Love is not an emotion as much as it is a frequency, the highest of all the most intense of all. We sure need as much love as we can these days. Thanks love for the is, reminder. Love, love is the, the glue that holds everything together. That's right. It, it's like this cosmic glue. Absolutely. Love. Let's do it, journeyers. You know what I'm going to say next? I love you. And I love you, PMH. Love. Let's you. leave it at that. Bye -bye. All right, everyone. We'll see you over on Patreon. We may see you Saturday. We may see you after, but we will see you again. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.